whatever you want to call me. Today we have a very, very special guest episode. And our special guests are... Drum roll. Jessica McCann. And... Hey. And uh, Tilda Danielson. Yes. Hi. Hi. <laughs> she did it right. They're from um, Two Women, yeah. Two Worlds podcast. Um, I guess I can let you guys do a little bit of... Um, your own little description, but we're very, very excited to have them here on the podcast. Um, and yeah. Yeah. Why don't uh, you introduce yourselves? Yeah. If you want to start. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm Jess. Um, I'm a co-host with Till. Um, Two Women, Two Worlds It's basically like what the title is. She's in Norway. I'm in the U.S. Uh, she used to dance, and now she is a teacher in Norway, and I'm fully in the whole like dance world. I'm a professional ballerina, so she's single. I'm married, so <laughs> best friends from like different continents, so yeah, we have so fun. So we chat about a lot of different topics, and then uh, once a month we have like girl chat and drink a lot of wine and uh, yeah maybe get too drunk and yeah talk about boys yeah <laughs> so there's plenty of material that we have to cover um yeah. but we love to start yeah. our episodes with our question um to both of you what points you girly do you most identify as and we've already been through it. Rachel and I are both free girlies mm-hmm. so that's kind of like I guess like the more like versatile not basic but like a lot of people choose yeah. choose that path. <laughs> but the freed girl is okay. who we most feel okay. we identify with. Yeah. So I'm super unfamiliar with this, but so I wanna say freed just because I wear freeds, but I don't know what that says about me. <laughs> but like but like I like okay. Like okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can you can also place me, but like uh my maker has even found me on Instagram. So I don't, no, know, I don't know like what like, that says. What? But <laughs> uh triangle, but I'm uh trying to uh find a new person. So that was awkward when he found me. I was like, oh great. And I'm like over here shopping. But <laughs> But I don't I don't know because like I like to match everything I wear. I like to be like color coordinated. I like layering. I'm a bag girl, so I'm the one at the bar that has a million bags and a million like liquids for some reason. 
I'll have my coffee and my smoothie and my water and my energy drink for later. And it's all not needed for class, but it's all with me. You have a four of your four beverage kind of girl. I love it. I'm like that too. Really? So I don't know if that's a freed girl. Like, what would you say I am? I think that's a bit of a freed girl because I feel like it can give a little bit more chaotic energy. Like, it's like, you know, you've been around the block. Maybe you kind of know what you're doing because no, m- many people don't start out in freeds, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I actually started out in blocks, I think, when I was a teenager. If anything, I feel like, well, I don't know, because the coordination thing, the heavily coordinated thing, I think that's like a part of being a free. Like yeah. in a way you have your own aesthetic, like you've settled on like who you are in your ballet persona. Mm-hmm. So you know what? Yeah, Let's, okay. yeah you're a free girl. I'm totally a free girl. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm sitting here having no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> like the branding and the aesthetic. What shoe did you I've... used to wear? Oh, my Was God. Was it like a block or like um? I'm trying to think of those really awkward shoes when you first like put on point shoes, you know? I I think I had like block shoes. Like Rishko, if that sounds. I I ordered them from like this UK uh, dance Elizabeth dance studio website or something, and they were very like yeah blocky. I think (laughs) (laughs) stiff. (laughs) Yeah, and and like wide. Um, but I also had a pair of point shoes. I remember that we ordered from this Russian, um, Russian point, uh, maybe. Yeah. Something like that. I, 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 it's so long ago. I honestly don't remember the names. I just remember how they looked and they were more like the the UK brands. They were very, very pink and stiff, but the Russian, they were more like, um, not so wide. It was more like uh, I feel like you I can did, see it in my head, and the you word didn't is stand on a lot, me. and they were more like peachy. I feel like they were a Suffolk. I was just thinking. I was like, I yes. almost maybe I'm getting Suffolk girl vibes. Yeah, because I it was. I was like, it starts with an S. Yeah. Um. There's like, I think they're called Suffolk Stellars. And those are the really pink ones. They're super pink. And then they have, like, a wide variety. But I think almost all of those ones are pretty pink. Mm-hmm. They're usually pretty aggressive with the with the color. But from what I've listened to in your guys' podcasts, I can tell Attila has, like, I feel like you're very uh, daring. You do oh, yeah. She's, like, total Slytherin energy over there. <laughs> We'll talk about that too, but um, we have a friend in in the company. Her name is Athena, and Mm -hmm. she's like, "Oh my god, what a name!" Yeah, Yeah. I feel like she's a work hard, play hard kind of girl, and I get those vibes from you, Tilda. So I would say we're gonna call you a separate. Yes, you're a girl. So now that you've been placed, (laughs) would you mind giving us um, a brief little description of? your well since our podcast is more like it's ballet and life um but we'd love to hear kind of like your development through your ballet career and or your ballet training um to what you currently do now and where it's taken you 
if you could do it in like five to seven sentences. Oh God. I I fell in love with ballet when I was nine. When I was nine. Uh-huh. Five to seven hours? No, Tilda, you go first. Okay. I fell in love with ballet when I was nine. Uh, I started because my friends were doing it. And when they, some of them quit, I just kept on going and got new friends through ballet. Uh, I prioritized ballet over everything else, school and everything else you have as a child and a teenager. Uh, I had to quit when I was 19 because I had been dancing with an injury for a year and it uh, got like chronic. So uh, let me ask you, what was the injury? Oh, what is the English name for it? I had an infection in my Achilles. Oh, oh wow. So uh, I have like scar tissues in both of my feet in the Achilles area. And uh, they said that if you don't quit now, it's going to burst and then you're going to have surgery. So I quit. Oh my gosh. So like devastating. Yeah. Didn't that you was also my say hmm? that you also said something about like your hips, like you went to like yeah, a doctor? Yeah, and- I, um, I don't have the right hips for ballet, so I would never be able to be like professional anyways. And I also, and because of that, I injured my knees. <laughs> so, yeah. It's like fighting against your body, mm. for, like what you love. <laughs> Do you take yeah. class at all still? Uh, I No, not ballet classes. Uh, but I have been doing some dancing since I quit. And I actually uh, teach dance to my... Because I work at a public school. And a part of the music lessons are being able to move to music. Uh, so I teach a bit of dance to my students. Nice. That's I awesome. That. I feel like it's always good. Like when you, at least the people we've talked to who have um, moved on from like the professional track of becoming a dancer, um, finding ways to like still kind of have a healthy relationship with it, whether it's whether or not it's like yeah. taking class occasionally or like going to performances and just like supporting your mm-hmm. friends or just like other mm-hmm. opera houses and companies near you, but. The transition can be so tough, especially when you just, like, devoted your entire life and your existence to ballet. Yeah. But I I, I see uh, shows, I support my friends, and I, I get to teach uh, dance to kids, so that's fun. How did you um, kind of, like, transition into being a teacher? Was that something you always wanted to do? No. That was the last thing that I was going to do with my life, you know, <laughs> never, ever. And then I had a gap year after high school and then I needed to do something with my life. And my mom and dad were uh, teachers. Well, my dad worked at something else, but he had the educa- education. So I thought, well, I guess I gave it a try. And then like... <laughs> Almost eight years later, here I am working full time. <laughs> and She's so, yeah, it, very random, very random. 
I don't know if I'm going to stick out, stuck it out with for the rest of my life, because uh, it's a very difficult job. But um, yeah, um, I'm happy at the moment. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. So um, I know you teach dance, but you also teach some other classes as well, I right? Teach, I teach English, which I'm always very self-aware of when I talk to like people who have English as their first language, because I'm like, okay, yeah, I teach this. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but of course, the Norwegian people, kids. And then I have like history and social studies, uh, religion, and, like, I don't know the English word for the the subject, but um, just when I'm at the school kitchen and we are cooking. Uh, like cooking class? Yeah. Or a home... Home ec. Yeah, I teach that. Yeah. And then I teach music with dance in it. So, yeah. She does everything. Everything. <laughs> oh my god. I like, can't even imagine. Like I don't remember social studies topics. <laughs> like <Yeah>. honestly. <laughs> How old are the kids you're teaching? Uh 13 to 16. Oh, that's a funny. So it's Yeah, it's the age where uh, they act like uh assholes or sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah. It's um, very, they're very cute. R- right now, I teach mostly thirteen and fourteen year olds, and um, some of them are still very like small and immature, and yeah. And then you have the the guys who are so much taller than you, and you're just like, hello. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're on their growth spurts. I have one little question. I watched this like Vanity Fair video forever ago, and it's a bunch of um, I don't know if they're they're all like some are Norwegian, some are Swedish, and then some are like Icelandic, and they all talk about their favorite sayings because. Um, they're just like they're fun little sayings in your languages. Like we have like the bee's knees or like it's raining cats and dogs. And I'm curious if you have like one favorite saying of yours in your yeah. language. Yeah, we actually have like a segment in our podcast of me doing yeah. like Norwegian <laughs> sayings. <laughs> um Oh my god. There's a lot of them. I like uh it's not only only. That doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Uh, And it's very like... Say it in like Norwegian because it obviously doesn't even translate. No, because it doesn't translate into English. Just like if I were to say it raining cats and dogs in Norwegian, people would be like, no, (laughs) what? (laughs) No. (laughs) Uh, Okay. What does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's... It's like um, <clears throat> if you had a tough so, day at work and you're complaining and the other person would be like, yeah, think about it. Yeah, it's like kind of like mm-hmm. such is life. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's gonna, it is what it is. It is what it is. I remember hearing on. one that was like, the cat tiptoes very carefully around the porridge or something like that. Yeah. Wait, we did something like that in one of our episodes. Walking around the porridge and the cat in the bag. You bought the cat in the bag. (laughs) 
They're, saying they're, they're like the cutest little sayings that they, I never would have thought. They are cute. We just had them in our latest <coughs> podcast when we did this segment. We did that. You bought the cat in a bag and walking yeah, around Yeah, and she tried porridge. to make me guess what that was. I was like, uh, <laughs> I have no idea. Mm. I'll be listening, guys. Yeah. yeah. I'll be listening to the episode. You'll have to listen to that. And listeners, if you're interested, check it out. Yes. <laughs> yes. Please <laughs> listen to our podcast. <laughs> Shameless plug. Yeah. Okay, so Jessica, how about you? Your turn. Um, tell us a little bit about your start in ballet and um, how it led you where you are now. Okay, I'm trying to figure out how to condense this because obviously, as dancers, we could just go on and on about it. <laughs> but I had this moment actually when I was a teenager. I had already been to. Uh, like several summer intensives and I actually had a moment where I fell out of love with ballet because I've been dancing since I was four in all different styles and stuff but um, I was really good at contemporary but I wanted to try and get better at ballet and you know I went to some summer intensives I went to like ABT in New York when I was young and I remember going somewhere and I the environment and everything, and maybe it was like the age that I was at. I think I was about 14 or something. Um, but I was just like, I don't think this is for me. Like, this is like, I don't feel good. Everyone looks amazing. I feel like shit. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you swear in this podcast. Yeah, we <laughs> go, for it, go for it. Okay, cool. Okay, sweet. Um, awesome. Yeah, same. But I had this moment when I was I was just looking on YouTube and uh, Petite Mort by Yuri Killian came up. Yes. Oh, we know that. And I had this just I had this moment where I was just watching it over and over again. And it was like the original cast <clears throat> from the uh, Netherlands Dance Theater. Uh, and I was just like this is what I want to do. How do I, how do I do this? This is what I want. And it's not like I was watching like a full length ballet or something. I mean, I've always loved Swan Lake and I love Giselle, um, more of those moody, dramatic ballets, but like contemporary and certain kinds of contemporary have like a really special place in my heart. And watching that piece, I was like, these are ballet dancers doing contemporary and it sort of all just like clicked in my head of like what I needed to do and that was like a huge pivotal moment for me where I was like okay this needs to happen I need to train really hard and figure out how to do this Uh, I got into Alonzo King's lines contemporary ballet program uh, in San Francisco and I trained with him for about a year it was a little over a year And taking classes from that man was just insane. And the classes I took there where we would like improv with our eyes closed, painting colors in the space, like just insane stuff. And like we would do like plies and then and he would be walking around like um, Alonzo King. He'd be walking around in this all white get up with a 
beret on top of his head, like a matching white beret. And after every combination would just give like this super emotional in-depth speech. And I was just like, are you, are you high? Are you, are you on something? Like you're on a different planet. You are so, he's just so inspired. I like, and it was, I think I was 18 or something like that. And that's when you're sort of like learning who you are. And so that was like really important for me. Um, eventually I made it here because I was doing like a lot of research here. I mean, Pittsburgh, I am currently a soloist at Pittsburgh Ballet Theater. Um, and I started here in the grad program. It's a pre-professional program. Um, I was in it for one year and then I was an apprentice for a year after that. And I danced with the company the whole year and then I was, um, hired. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if I skipped over anything, <laughs> but or if you have like any questions about that. I'm curious. Have you ever have you gotten to do any Killian rep yet? Yeah. <gasps> Which one? Petit Mort. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. I know. I yeah, it was a huge full circle moment. Actually, when I was being a. When I was an apprentice that first year, they did Petite Mort. And I just remember drooling all, all over it. I would just watch from the wings. I would watch from the stage. Like, I would be like, oh, my God, I want to do this. I'm this I'm this close. They're right there. Like, this is so cool. And then I got hired into the company. And then we did another Yuri Killian piece my first year. And it was um, Sinfonietta which is also like a really fun, like it's like an energetic piece with like horns and stuff. It's really cool. Actually, my first, <laughs> my first performance with the company, uh, I debuted in the principal role um, in William Forsyth's In the Middle, Someone Elevated. Wow. Uh, yeah, it was sort of a crazy experience because... I was put in, and not only that, but I was opening night. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> I can't even imagine what the principals and soloists were thinking at the time. I can't even, <laughs> I would have been like, who is this? <laughs> How dare? <laughs> well, but so that was like an amazing experience. Um, a woman, uh, William, uh, Billy, he didn't come and set the piece on the company it was um agnes oh. huh i was guessing another name you said agnes oh oh yeah yeah um yeah her name is agnes noltinus noltinius agnes noltinius she danced with billy uh in frankfurt back in the day and um, I think was in like the second cast of In the Middle, Someone Elevated. And she goes around the world setting the piece. She was so up in my grill that she even came to my apartment the week of opening night to have a cup of tea with me and talk about the role. What a it was crazy such, experience. It was such an overwhelming, insane, gratifying, like, just every emotion you could think about, the most insane experience ever. And she, I, she, I felt like she was like almost 
her hands were like almost around my throat, but in like a loving way. <laughs> you know, she she just has so much passion for the peace and everything. And yes. I feel like that really like fits who you want to become as a dancer. Because I think that a lot of like the quintessential kind of ballerina <clears throat> trek is like you work so hard, you finally work your way up, you have your like apprentice or like newly hired principal kind of moment. And you do like a classical ballet, like you do like Juliet and Romeo and Juliet, or you do um, Giselle or Aurora or something. But for you, this was your like Odette Mm -hmm. was this Forsyth moment, which is like super, super awesome. Yeah, it was like, (laughs) I said, and like what you dreamed of, like the fact that you loved contemporary so much but wanted to be a ballet dancer, like the mesh, the combination of it. And then you achieved that. That's awesome. Yeah, it was, it's definitely like a highlight moment in my career for sure. And then like a few years later, I was able to do Petite Mort because I was uh, actually understudying a girl. And this happens all the time in ballet and everyone knows, but you understudy someone just dumb luck that person then is like injured or something and then they can't do it and you're the one that's like understudying them so then you get the chance you replace them so I was still in the core when I did that everyone else was soloists and principals and it was the same cast that did it the first time so it was like kind of sheer luck in a way because I could have been understudying anybody but I understudied the one that got injured <laughs> yeah yeah fate babies fate <clears throat> awesome that's for you honestly a lot of bad luck for <laughs> her of, I know <laughs> but that's like a lot of things that I feel like not a lot of dancers really talk about that is that sometimes a lot of big opportunities come in your career especially when you're new when someone else is injured and you step up to the plate, it's almost like the the thing of like uh, over prepare and be ready for anything and like almost like be what you want to be, not what you are in in the sense. Get or break it moment, sort of. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, it's like oh, I want to be a pr- uh, soloist or a principal. <clears throat> I want to be a soloist or principal, so I should act like a soloist or principal, even though you're in the core. You know what I mean? <clears throat> I remember when you finally got the soloist uh, job. Promotion? Yeah, promotion. Because <laughs> we, we already knew each other then, when you mm-hmm. before you became a soloist. It was before COVID, yeah. Yeah. And then COVID happened and ruined all of our lives. Mm. <laughs> Well, we got to know each other because of COVID. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Good things came out of it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And then after COVID, actually, funny that you should say that that was my Odette moment. I actually recently debuted in Odette Odile uh, last spring. So that was my first full-length principal, like first principal in a full-length ballet, which I, I honestly didn't know if that would ever happen. For me, you know, you always dream about it happening, but you don't know. Yeah. So. And now I'm injured. <laughs> <laughs> the life yeah. of a ballet dancer. This is, this is what it's like. 
But you know, like in injuries, highs and lows. Yeah, in injuries, you always totally. learn something that you've needed to. Like, it's always like a blessing in disguise in some way. You have to like reflect on like your entire existence during an injury. I feel like Rachel is seriously recently recovering. Yeah, I had really? surgery about a year ago at the end of April, around the same time you'll be having your surgery. Um, I had an extra bone removed out of my ankle, and then I had my FHL was almost completely torn, um, like detached from my foot. (laughs) So I had that repaired. Um, and it's been like a very long recovering process, but slowly feeling almost to what I was. Can we talk about She did, we're, um, doing Concerto Barocco right now Mm -hmm. and you made it through. Yeah. I made it through today, which like this whole week I was like, is my ankle going to hang in? So that was just my constant panic was like, was it going to survive? And it, it made it today. So and I made it while I washed it. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering, do you teach as well, Jess? I do sometimes. Um, every summer I go to Japan and I do workshops there. Uh, me and my husband performing galas there. And sometimes... Um, a couple years ago, I got the opportunity to judge in a, a ballet competition there. So I, I do teach when I can, but usually I don't have the time, like with, with the schedule that we do, the schedule that we have. But yeah, I do like a little bit here and there. Yoshi, my husband, he's really into teaching, really into choreography. I've choreographed as well, but I'm a little more focused on other things. Well, Rachel and I were talking the other day about, like, we both teach at a variety of schools here. In addition to, I occasionally teach and, like, choreograph on the school attached to our company. And we were kind of talking about how, like, just, like, the industry can kind of teach you that, like, not everybody's meant for this. And, like, when you're Mm -hmm. raising all these young kids, you're thinking about, like, oh, my God, like, there's no way they're going to make it. Like, just based off of, like, how much you've had to struggle and, like, how what you've gone through. And so we were kind of thinking about, like, what are, like, the things that, regardless of this person's potential, this kid's potential in the dance industry or in life or whatever, you just, like, what are the things that you value most in, like, like qualities, movement qualities, and just lessons that you're teaching, whether they're life lessons or if they're, like combination or yeah how do you not everybody can be a teacher uh like i said you can be an amazing ballet dancer doesn't mean you're going to be a good teacher you can have like straight a's in english and geography if you can't teach it to someone else you will be an awful teacher mm-hmm. yeah 100%. and i also i'm like i don't see those people that just do when she teaches, but I have had to have some hard conversation about uh, where the kids want to go and how they perceive themselves and me seeing that they will never make it. I'm sorry, but you're, you, the bar is too high. You have to set realistic goals for yourself. And that can be very difficult, especially if they're... Oh, I do have some mascara on and now I'm rubbing my eye. <laughs> uh, and and um, and that can also be difficult if their parents 
uh, <coughs> are standing by the sidelines and being like, my daughter is going to be a ballet dancer or a doctor or something. And you're oh sitting God, there like, moms. no, you're not. I'm sorry, you're not. <laughs> so. That's hard. Have I mean, you ever had to have those talks when you teach? Us? Yeah, or just having to set realistic goals and saying, like, maybe we should put the bar a little lower. <clears throat> I can go first. I'll probably be faster because uh, I, I don't teach quite as often. But when I do, it's in Japan and we're, um, like, working on recital stuff or some of the students will have an opportunity to be a part of a gala that um, we're producing And sometimes they're just not good enough. And that, you know, that can be hard because you see, like, the determination in their eyes. Um, I I don't have to personally have those conversations because I am a foreigner when I go there. So I can't really, you know, I, I can't speak fluent Japanese yet, but I'm working on it. But it sort of reminds me of when I was younger And I, I forgot to mention this earlier, but I didn't have the typical, oh, at 17, I am an apprentice here. And, you know, or like I I was actually 23 when I came here to the company. And um, I was the oldest in the school, one of the oldest. At that point, there's a lot of programs that don't accept you. Because they only accept maybe like 18 to 20 or 18 or like 17 to 21 or something like that. Um, and I've gone to like a lot of different summer intensives and training programs. And I have so many, you know how the ballet world is so small. <laughs> I have so many friends that never made it. And I considered them better than me. They were physically stunning, naturally gifted. But I think what happened was they just didn't have like the drive or the passion or something might have happened that made them be like, no, no, I, I'm, this is horrible. Like there's this girl that got into San Francisco as a core member. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, she's so lucky. And then I remember hearing she left and I was like, I remember What? my first thought, my Who first thought was not, exactly, my first thought was not the thought I should have been thinking. I should have been like, I wonder what happened. Is she okay? Like, what's wrong? But my first thought was like, that's crazy. Why would you leave San Francisco Ballet? But something happened. And she, it was like a toxic environment. Something happened with her. And her experience, because, you know, everyone's experience is different. She went through something. She decided to go to Europe and become a contemporary dancer. <laughs> and it's just, and and then I have so many other friends that it, like never even made it into a, a professional company. And so it's, it's hard having those talks, but like I value in myself like the drive and the determination that I have to sort of like <clears throat> appreciate what I have to offer. And like my passion is so strong I look for that in other students because I know 
that if they just have a little bit of talent but a lot of passion, they're going to go a long way, and that passion will feed their training. Yeah. How do you guys approach it? Like, have you guys had to have, like, those hard conversations with anybody? I haven't had to have a conversation with anyone yet. Um, but I we were talking about it the other day because this year has been a tough one for me with my injury and just, like, um, as our listeners know, I went to college, I went to um, Indiana University, and then I graduated during the COVID year. So, like, it's just been crazy ride trying to figure out my place in companies um, and where I'm appreciated and, like, where I can get a contract where I belong. So I felt, like, very burnt out on the industry this year. And then when I go and teach, sometimes I just feel this, like, it's difficult because I see these people that work so hard and I always grew up being, like, a super hard worker. And then I'm, like, sometimes I'm, like, Dance is so subjective. You can work hard and you can have the technique, but it can come down to, like, oh, we just like the way this girl, her hair color more, her height more. Yeah, she has better feet. You know, and these things are out of your control, really. So I think that is just something that I struggle with sometimes with students. When I'm teaching, I'm like, it's such a hard world out there, and obviously you need work ethic, you need to work hard, but sometimes I'm like, that has to be there, and that's that's standard, but then on top of that is like so much out of your control. Sometimes it's like you want to just say, you guys, what are you doing? Just go quit. Quit. You don't want to go through this. Literally. <laughs> go somewhere else. You don't want the trauma. <laughs> I'm like, just, just try and become a lawyer yeah. or a doctor, something secure. <laughs> it's complicated and political, and it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Can I ask, how old are you? Um, I'm 25. I'm 24. <clears throat> but um, I, we were kind of talking about how I like, at least I try to, I don't, I am not super involved in the schools that I teach at, one of which I am pretty involved in, um, the school that's attached to our company. Mm-hmm. And I've like, I've found like people, some like, not necessarily like prompt, but they definitely, I, okay, hang on. What am I trying to say? <laughs> I'm trying to say that like there are a few standouts <laughs> to me that aren't necessarily like, the general standouts to the other faculty. But, like, to me, I see something yeah. in me in them. Yes. Um, but at these other schools, I generally try to... Because I'm teaching at, like, comp studios. So they're, like, a few... Oh, days. yeah. I used, to do, I used to do competition. <laughs> I forgot to say that. Yeah. Comp. Yeah. <laughs> yes, comp kid. Um, I... They aren't necessarily um, going in the ballet route, but there are... A few that, like, could have some promise or some potential if they wanted to. Um, But I just generally try to, like, approach things. And this has been, like, more of a recent development for me is I try to approach my classwork and the lessons that I teach as more of, like, life lessons and, like, Mm -hmm. help you help the students determine what kind of worker they're going to be. Because regardless of whatever, like, and I'll say this too in class, I'll be like, make sure that you're like approaching every combination with like a lot of focus and like you have something in mind that you're working on, regardless of what kind of technique you're working on, if it's jazz, if it's lyrical, if it's hip hop, if it's tap, if it's ballet, whatever it is, go into it with a lot of focus because that'll transfer over to like, a lot of these kids will go to college and have like entirely different careers or they won't go to college and they'll like, they'll open a bakery or something, you know, like they'll (laughs) have like all these different um 
uh, career track. So I'm just trying to teach more like, how can I make this technique like a life lesson? Yeah. Yeah. For life. Yeah. Cause they'll take that with them with whatever they do. And like, I also, yeah. I teach it, uh, this summer program that's attached to the university that I went to, um, university of Utah, go Utes. It's the summer intensive. Um, and a lot of them, I usually am an RA, so I'm also like living with these kids. And for the past two summers, I've been in charge of like the 17 year olds who are looking at colleges and prospective students. So my job is kind of like to convince them that we're the best option. But then I get a lot of students who are like, they were only accepted into the summer intensive and not the year round program. So it's kind of hard to be like, well, make sure that you have other options, you know, like find, like make sure you pick what's important to you, like your location, where's your family. Like, are you interested in any other subjects? Like you have to kind of like approach it, approach it. And like, I, I don't like, I think, okay, let me organize my thoughts because I'm really all over the place here. But I had an experience once where somebody asked me, this is actually at a European summer intensive. This director asked me, so what's your plan B? And I heard that he was asking everybody this. And I was like, I just hate that. Cause that just shows like such little confidence in yeah. you because you never know where somebody's at in their like trajectory. <clears throat> I would have said, I have no plan B. Someone asked, so my mom would be like, make sure you have a plan B. And I was like, plan B does not exist. It is this or nothing. I was so determined. If someone said, oh, well, you know, we only like blondes. I'm like, well, you're going to like me. Watch. Yeah. I was like, I was like fire. I was like, I, it's live or die. If I don't make it, I don't, I don't, I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have a plan B either. And just because I didn't have a plan A. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you're just like, I'm here. If you're really <laughs> determined. Yeah. If you're here and you're just going to like go where the universe takes you, like that's another approach yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm flowing. Flowing. Yeah. Yeah. I have to like just inc- not encourage them to have a plan B, mm-hmm. but just like more encourage them that there's more to life than just ballet because yeah. even mm-hmm. as professionals now we still are like trying to find our like <laughs> we tell ourselves that we're yeah. like there's more to life than this <laughs> like we're like tomorrow night we're going out we're getting drinks and we're just being normal 20 year olds like <laughs> we're getting margaritas and burritos and <laughs> yeah. that's it um because that's yes. so important because i feel like you can just get wrapped up into it which is great for your, I think it can be a great approach for depending on what kind of student or like dancer you are, but it also can be really detrimental to like your general your mental life health. Yeah, your yeah. I was yeah. about to say your mental health. You could spiral. <laughs> I have <laughs> been there, and then I and then I'd be like, why do I care so much? Okay, you need to calm down. Just stop thinking. Life or die. <laughs> like let's let's. But also, it's never die. There's no plan B. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Tilda, would you say that this like mentality, I'm starting dance at a young age and continuing all the way up till 19, um, had an influence on your personality and like your drive in what you do now? Yeah. Yeah. I I used to joke or still joke about that. All the like, um, the drive that I have and the determination that I have, and I'm I'm thinking about this word, but I, uh, self control, mm-hmm. kind of like all of this stems from ballet. 
all that I have stems from ballet. Because uh, there's something when you're, when you're young and you're sitting at school talking to like people who do handball or football or any other type of like sports and they're like, yeah, I injured my my wrist. I think I'm going to sit out this uh, training session that we have today. And I'm like, you can just sit out (laughs) (laughs) and still play the game on Saturday. Like, no, (laughs) no, (laughs) like you have like a, you have like a bad throat or something. Go to yeah. Why would you sit out? Like I, I couldn't like. Oh my! They were so like um, fragile. I thought like, why <laughs> would you like? I love that. I I would go to to my dance lessons no matter what. Sometimes if I was sick, I would drop school but still go to dance. Yeah, me too. And and just like I remember when I was nine, <laughs> we were putting up the nutcracker, and I think that's when my mom realized like okay this is important, because <laughs> she was just like okay you have a bit of a fever so I think you're going to stay at home today, have some ibuprofen, and then you will go to to the ballet so you will take ballet lessons later because we were rehearsing at the stage where we we're going to set up. And, you know, I was nine. I was just like this flower girl. And uh, one of the girls dancing at the party where she gets the nutcracker, you know, the Christmas party. Mm-hmm. But she was just, yeah, yeah, okay. Push it, pushed, pushed me on stage. <laughs> and my mom's a teacher. So keeping me home from school, but then sending me off to practice uh, with just like medicine to keep the fever down. I, w- I would not Priorities. thought... Priorities, yeah. My mom <laughs> figured really early out, like, okay, this is a priority. You can't just skip something. Like, you can skip a football uh, session and still be part of the game. If you're going to be on stage, you have to do the the work. And she could tell it was really important to you. Yeah, and, and I became really like, okay, just push through, push through. That, in the end, was probably that made my ballet um, career over before it started (laughs) because (laughs) when I got really injured I just pushed through no matter what and uh, yeah so the drive that I have to finish something off and I am also a perfectionist and I had a Russian ballet teacher growing up so every everything had to be perfect Every line, everything had to be, like, perfect. And she would get so mad if it wasn't. And I am a bit like that, (laughs) I think. (laughs) I'm a bit of a perfectionist. I can't understand why you just, like, stay in your place. We have to have perfect lines all over. And just, like, "This this is your spot. You're going to stand here, not two inches to the left, not two inches to the back. This is... This is where you're going to be. Um, so I think, yeah, I'm a perfectionist. Uh, the self-control and the drive that I have 
uh, to do stuff that's important to me, that all stems from ballet. Yes. Which all these things sounds like can be like phenomenal things for your career, but also can like maybe like make your hips injured or your knees injured. Yeah. Yeah. But those are like a lot of like wonderful transferable skills into whatever career you pick. So. Okay. Let's talk dating and relationships. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. Love it. <laughs> Jess, let's hear the story of how you met your husband and what it was like um, when you first met and then how it became what it is today. Oh, Lord. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, am I the only married one here? I feel so lame. Oh, <laughs> you're not lame. Oh, you're like what everybody's hoping for. Oh, okay. So you haven't lost all hope yet. You're not like Tilda. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. I was a student. He was a soloist in the company. Ooh, we were I know. I know. I know. The scandal. <laughs> um, I did nothing, by the way. This was all him. So... I'm just hot, okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but we were doing the Nutcracker. It was my, like, literally my first year here. We both had just gone through really long and pretty bad breakups. We were both in, like, six-plus-year relationships before. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, suddenly I was, like, in my 20s, and I was like, what? I'm single? What is this like? <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> How do I date? <laughs> And we were in the Nutcracker, and um, I had noticed him. I was like, oh, he's really good. Oh, he's kind of cute. Oh, I like him. He's cool. Okay. Talent over there. But, like, you know, I obviously didn't – I never did anything. I didn't think anything would happen, but I was, like, interested. Uh, He ended up randomly – Facebook messaging me because that was the only way he could think of Tilda's like freaking out. <laughs> it was the we, only way we just way that... did an episode about I know. her talking about this. I know, but for some reason he was like, because he couldn't find me. He was trying to find me and he was talking to the other company members on how to find me. They found me on Facebook. He DM'd me. Uh, yeah, they were stalking me. <laughs> and. But I find it funny that he also just, like, didn't walk up to you and ask for your number. He, like, went through Facebook Facebook. I know. I know. What Right? So he he ended up messaging me. And I was on the bus. And I get this message from, like, a soloist in the company that he wants to talk to me after class tomorrow. And I'm like, I started literally freaking out. I went numb. I texted my girlfriend that I was living with. And I was just like, um, how do you, what, what should I say? I'm freaking out. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. And it's like one of those moments where you have like your girlfriend help you. Like, do I do an emoji? Do I do an exclamation mark? Does that seem desperate? Yeah. So it was like that whole thing. And so he really liked photography and he used to like do photography, like just candid photos of the company and stuff. So I was like, Maybe he's seen some of my model work. Does he want to maybe, like, take 
photos of me dancing. So I don't know. Like I literally didn't think he was going to ask me out. I didn't think he was interested or like anything. So like the next day and we're at the theater cause it's nutcracker season. So we perform all December long. We live in the theater and it was company class. So I was like overstretching by the heaters backstage and it just ended. He didn't come up to me. I waited. He still didn't come up to me. I'm like awkwardly stretching like, um, I'm making myself available to you. I need to get ready for the show. Does he want to talk to me or not? Like, and he ended up not like coming up to me. So I ended up approaching him. Oh, he made you. He was was playing the long game. (laughs) Honestly, I was like, what is this? Okay. You're going to make me walk up to you. I'm terrified. What do you want from me? (laughs) And so then, so I went up and I said, hi, uh, you wanted to talk to me? (laughs) It was like super awkward. And he was like, yeah. um, So I heard you were like new in the area. And he just like started asking me random questions. Like, where is your apartment? Like, uh, not, not like that. (laughs) That came off totally like stalkery. How do I get in? (laughs) (laughs) No, he was just like... (laughs) No, he was mostly just like, you know, um, how is it going? I'm like, fine. He's like, so (laughs) where are you from? Um, From California. Oh, uh, do you have like roommates or like how are you adjusting to like living here? Like, where's your apartment at? I was like, oh, it's like in this area, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, have you been able to like explore the area? And then every single question he asked me more and more, I was like, is he going to ask me out right now? This is, he's asking me out right now. And it ended up being like, um, you know, oh, like, I'd love to show you around. And they're like, uh, okay, uh, uh, okay, okay, okay. And then um, he, yeah, he asked me out. And then I went back into the dressing room and I screamed with my friend. I literally screamed. Cute. <laughs> it was one of those moments where I like, I was, I couldn't, it was like the girliest I've ever been, I swear. yeah and then so we started dating and we moved in like months later and it happened really fast and it was like it just like flowed it just felt right our first date was like at a bar and we just talked for hours yeah that's the best yeah Yeah. so how is it working with your boyfriend at the time and then your husband now i love it and i know some people would absolutely hate it And I, it was never a goal of mine and I didn't, I wasn't really interested in that. But if you think about what we do day to day and those tiny nuances, if something bothered you today, do you want to have to go and explain it to your significant other at home and like, okay, well, it meant it hurt my feelings because of this and because of that and because of that and because of, you know, but instead he's there in the studio with me. And I get to hear about his rehearsals and he hears about mine. And a lot of times we're dancing together now or we're in the same rehearsals together. And it's just so fun because then we can go back together. I don't have to explain my profession and then listen to my other significant other explain their profession because I feel like that would kind of be exhausting. So I like that we're on the same page in a lot of different ways. That's cute. And when you say you dance together, I remember when COVID hit, you had to dance together. Yeah, since we you, were since you were married. married 
<laughs> yeah, all of the married couples or boyfriend and girlfriends at the company, they were paired up because COVID and the rules. We have stuff. a strange number. We have a pretty large amount of couples in our company. It's bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's great. I love working with him and living with him. Yeah. Well, that was such a cute story. I love that. Okay. Oh, thanks. Tilda. Tilda. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm single and I could not date someone who worked at the same school that I did. Just putting that out there. I could not. That would not. I could date a teacher, but it would have to be someone who worked in a totally different school. Are you? No, so. I was going to say, are you currently huh? seeing anybody? Difficult, difficult question to answer. It's complicated. It's complicated. I have um, been seeing some guys. Some we make up nicknames on our podcast. Just, yeah, there's that many. So yeah. yeah, so because I have basically been forever single my entire life. I have been in one serious relationship, and that was during COVID. And I was so bored. So when that, <laughs> so when I broke that off, I just started dating a lot. And um, I'm currently seeing someone. I, but I don't know if it's like serious or or not. If it's just casual or if it's serious. Um, we are maybe be seeing each other <clears throat> tomorrow. Ooh. Uh, but is this I turtle? would I would say hmm? Is this turtle? Yeah, it's turtle. Okay, we're gonna have to talk <laughs> about that later. Yeah, we have <laughs> nicknames for all of them. Uh, if you if you listen to our podcast you will hear a lot of weird nicknames which might reflect badly on me, but I'm totally <laughs> normal. <laughs> Like no, she, she called some of her guys like baby and daddy, and an oldie, oldie. Wow. But she likes older men. Mm-hmm. We like older men too. <laughs> Not yeah. a lot older. Like, we make it sound yeah. like so we're dating like sixty year olds. We're dating like how old is that? No, no, no. But I, I also no, no. like dating yeah. older men as uh, because so. we like men, not boys not children yeah of course so the reason one of them was called baby was because he was older than me but he was under 30 and he had a baby so it wasn't like (laughs) that's the logic there (laughs) yeah so yeah so there's there's like this logic between me and jess on how we nickname the guys like my ex-boyfriend we called him salty and that could be referred to or like interpreted in so many ways but it's just like the randomest reason why we called him that so no I would say that I'm single Uh, I'm 28 and all of my friends are kind of like settling down or starting to settle down now but I'm still play the game like I am, because why would I settle down for something? Like, I'm not exactly. settling for something. I am going to, 
live my best life and just uh, if it happens, it happens. I am not like I'm not having this urge that I need to get married and have kids because I'm I'm 28, but sometimes I still feel like I'm 24. So um, so we would love to hear maybe um, either a memorable or a nightmare kind of date that happened. Yeah. If one immediately comes to mind for you. She puts down her drink. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've had a lot of terrible dates and a lot of like, okay, this is just awful. But one of them that comes to mind is um, I was talking to this guy on Tinder and he had very, very cute pictures. And he, we talked, he was very kind and very like, ah, uh, just like, I was just like, okay, this, 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 we have to see where this goes. And I'm so scared this is going to make me look shallow, but I have to explain myself. So I don't invite people home to my place. Uh, I have a very high like standard for because this is my personal space, so I don't bring a lot of guys here. I would like to go to their place, but of course, some have been uh, invited in. Turtle has been here, you know. Mm. Uh, but so for me to, <laughs> and he was like redecorating his uh, kitchen and fixing that up. So he said like. We can't um we can't stay at my place because I don't have a kitchen, you know, and I live in yeah, everything was uh, awful. And I don't know why I said like, yeah, we can stay at my place instead of like going out. Uh, but because I was thinking that this this might be like something, I invited him to my place. And he was going to bring a lot of wine and uh, his speaker so we could listen to music and we were just going to talk and everything. And then I opened the door and I'm like, this is not the same person oh as the God. photos. No, but mm. it was the same person, but they did not look alike at all. Did they, uh, did they like Photoshop or was it like no. different hair color? The photos he had on Tinder were like four years uh, ago. Uh, he had gained like 50, 60 pounds since then. Oh <laughs> my goodness, yeah. Uh, and he had been walking... Uh, from his place up to mine and there's just like hills so he was very like red in their face and I was just being like he showed up nice and sweaty for you yeah nice and sweaty and but I'm like I don't care you don't have to be skinny or super fit uh mm -hmm. it's the lying though exactly it's the lying having this slim fit photo of you with like sweet curly hair in a suit and then you're standing there in like mm, not the nicest clothes being all sweaty and heavy and I'm just like didn't you think that people will 
You gotta update your photos. React to this? Like, every time you show up to any kind of date, it's gonna be like... Like, you know it's gonna be a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Because, obviously, he's selling something. He's selling this. And then he shows up looking not like that. So that's going to startle anybody. Yeah, and I felt so <laughs> shallow. But I like I I, I was so, I let him in. We had a lot of wine and we were just speaking. But I was just like, okay. Was he this, nice, though? Yeah, he was very nice. He talked about how he used to work out a lot. Maybe too much. And then he had an injury, so... Mm. And I'm like, okay, I get it. Uh, Because he was still the same person that I have been chatting with. But, like, why would you... Why would you have so old photos? Didn't you think that... You don't look like you did... It's just, like, the initial shock, yeah. Yeah, and first of all, when you're in your 20s, as a guy... Four or five years, you change a lot. Even if he would still be uh, the same size, you still change a lot, you know? So... I I feel like that says almost more about, like, their confidence, too. Like, I would, like, rather see you, like, whatever you look like, but, like, as long as you're confident in, like, what you have to offer, Mm -hmm. that's, like, the most attractive part. But if you're... Totally. You're more attract. You're more confident in the version of yourself that you were like years ago, or like mm. it just doesn't bode well for you in general. No, yeah, so like why didn't he change the photos? Yeah, so of course I have some old photos of me, uh, but I still kind of look the same. I haven't, and 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 I was starting to think like, yeah, I've gained a few pounds over the years since I was like twenty, but. I don't have photos of me full body looking super skinny and then not like a be, make out workout photo. <laughs> yeah, and 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 not be that no because that's not me. Like you have to have realistic cuz this is kind of like catfishing, you know? Um so I, I have never I, used an app. I don't like apps. Of apps. All of the yeah. people that I have serious had serious things with uh besides my ex-boyfriend we met like in person via friends or at a bar or something because i like that better but this was like after a breakup it was during covid so you know uh and we were just chatting and he talked so much talk 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 so i was just sitting there sipping my wine and suddenly when i went to pee it just hit me i'm like oh fuck <laughs> i am super <laughs> wasted uh but then i but the but the thing is like i i became very like honest and direct so then i'm just sitting That's down being fast. like okay you're a very sweet guy but this is not going to happen so maybe you should leave and he packed up his things and and he actually like went through the door and he said and then he he turned around looked at me and being like I'm going to regret not doing this so I'm going to do it and I was just like what the fuck is happening oh, no, uh, no, no. <laughs> so he kissed me and I was just like no but no get out of my house mm. 
And I, especially and if I, he says it, he says that I'm gonna regret doing this, and you're like, no, 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 don't do it. But I was so drunk, and I was trying to act like I wasn't as drunk as I was. But that was just like, and I was sitting when he was talking, texting my friends, being like, taking a sneak photo and being like, sending the Insta, the Tinder profile, being like, I'm confused. How would you react if this showed up? Right. Am I a horrible? Am I a horrible person? That's what I would be saying. Am I? Yeah, I, I was actually saying that. Am, am I a horrible shit? person? Am I shallow? And she and she said like, Why did you let him in? Why has it been hours? Like, <laughs> tell him to leave. It's your house. <laughs> I would. I don't know what I would do. <laughs> no, but I, I've, I'm such a people pleaser sometimes that I didn't want to let him down because he was obviously very insecure about how he looked, and I didn't want to like shit on him. I have a question. But then he left. But that's like, yeah. Do you think that you're a people person because you're a ballet dancer? People pleaser. P- yeah. A pe- Do you think you were a people pleaser because you were a ballet dancer? Because I feel mm. like at a certain point, sometimes we we just want to please. And so that yeah. that hit that hit me when you said that. Yeah, I was gonna say this yeah. is like the best way to describe not the best way the best example mm-hmm. of like how much of people pleasers ballet dancers are are like st- when you're in your student era and the teacher's getting close. And you already start like auto correcting every single thing that you can. Like you pull up even higher, like shoulders back. You pull, you put your toe, you turn out as much. Like that's how people pleaser we are. Like yeah. we are at the maximum level of pleasing. People yeah, I am. I'm. I'm a people pleaser, and I'm just yeah. So so that I'm such a people pleaser that I had this hours long date with a guy that I just wanted to live. <laughs> But that's also the thing is if we had been in a restaurant or something, I could just be like, oh, my God, I have to leave. But I'm such a people pleaser that I couldn't throw him out of my place. Uh, I would have felt so bad. He's just like standing there with wine in his hand. He just traveled to you. Like, oh, I yeah, would but I wouldn't so like, guilty being like, oh, I don't. No, I would no, I wouldn't I I would never do that. I would let him in, have a glass of wine, and maybe after an hour of talking I would be like No. Because I thought like he was so so nice when we were chatting, so I would give him a chance. The people pleaser in me again. But five hours later I'm still like okay. That's crazy. (laughs) Five hours You probably learned about his entire life. Mm Mm-hmm. Like Oh, I just opened this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that was something. All right, I love it. Well, we, I think we can move on to our little final closing um, segment of our episode. What is your favorite shape of pasta? Go. Random facts. Uh, I don't angel hair. really eat that lot of pasta. I'm not a pasta girl. What's wrong with you? Oh, That's no. okay. I can't relate. Yeah, I'm sorry. I can't relate either, but it's okay. Ravioli. I like ravioli. I like angel hair pasta. I love pasta. That's hard. I don't. What's I yours, don't. Rachel? 
Um, uh, is it called? Uh, What's the shape? I was gonna say cavatappi, the curly little noodles. I think that's what it's called. They're like curly. Cavatappi. <laughs> Wait, it's sort of like a. Is it like the mac and cheese except it's twisted and curled? Yeah, and it's a little bit longer. Oh yes, cavatappi's mm-hmm. good. I like that one. I like those too. I. Yeah. Can oh, uh, I was saying, uh, it's a fettuccine regatta. Uh, it's not very common, and uh, it's very bougie. I don't know what that is. It's just like 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 uh, a little bit thicker than linguine, mm-hmm. but it has little ridges mm-hmm. in it. Ooh, I know what it is, but I am not a. I didn't grow up eating pasta because my mom didn't like it so we would probably have like spaghetti bolognese twice a year with my older sister who made it and then I when I moved to uni I know a lot of people were living off pasta but I was just not used to eating it so it didn't cross my mind that that was something to eat and I do eat a little more Mm. pasta now but it just never it's not like I don't like it it's just that I don't eat it yeah that's fair i know we're not all possible i'm norwegian okay. i'm a like potato girl like we grew up on potatoes so <laughs> that's right well what's your favorite what's your favorite form of potato next question um oh uh i love mashed potatoes and fries homemade fries Ooh, wait, 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 what kind of cut of fries, though? This is important. There are many different kinds oh, of fries. Oh, I would say, fries. like, in tiny, like, boats, kind of like, uh, mm, wedges. Yeah, homemade sweet potato fries are amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm a cheese fry girly. I just like my <laughs> fries with cheese. <laughs> She talks about cheese fries, I think, once a week. It's like my favorite food, like, literally. Really? Really? Yeah. (laughs) I have to say I like a waffle cut, (laughs) a waffle cut fry, or a a curly fry. Mm -hmm. If they're super crispy and soft. I used to, like, get... Just, like, mmm. Yeah. I used to get um, burgers back when I was a teenager and I ate fast food. (laughs) I used to get burgers and I would put curly fries inside the burger. So good. Innovator. Like <laughs> <laughs> um, my last four for nothing question is kind of like, I don't know, kind of vague. But um, do you have a favorite day of the week? If so, which is it and why? As a person <laughs> who works eight to four plus several afternoons, Monday to Friday weekends is the favorite weekends is the favorite part but if i had to choose a day of the week where i work i would say thursdays oh okay i am struggling because it's like monday sucks tuesday you feel the pain of monday Wednesday, it's like, it's the middle of the week. When is it going to be over? Thursday, it's like, I wish it was Friday. And then Friday, you just want to Friday, you're so tired. You can't enjoy Friday because you're so tired. (laughs) But you can enjoy Saturday. Sunday, you're dreading the next week. 
but Thursdays and Saturdays. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say Friday. Friday. I'm a Friday girl. Every every day, yeah. For, sometimes there's like it's Friday energy, so that's fun. And sometimes I like to try and start weeks out fresh. Like, okay, it's Monday. I hate Monday. Let's get to work early. And then that slowly dives. Let's try yeah. and um, do the things we wanted to do earlier in the year. Like, start these new good habits. Mm. Never happens. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to journal. And then, you, yeah. <laughs> Even, like, today, I, like, reminded myself while I was in the shower, I was like, oh, my God, it's Friday. Oh, my God. Like, the oh, stress. Yeah, today was actually a good day because yeah. I have a Easter holiday now, like, spring break, as you call it in America. So it was my last day of work, and I'm not going back to work until the 11th of April. So nice. It's amazing. So maybe Friday is the best day, then. Because then you can think, like, tomorrow's but Saturday. Usually I have so many plans, like, oh, my God, it's Friday. I can sleep in tomorrow. I have to go out and do something. You get home, you sit down in the cat couch, and the entire week just hits you, and then you fall asleep early. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. accurate. <laughs> Well, it's been absolutely lovely having you guys on the podcast. Yes. We're so excited to see more uh, little duets with ballet experience making their own space you to have talk. To, really- you have to do yeah. a guest appearance in our podcast. and oh, oh, we would love that. We would love that. You have to That'd do it. Fun. It would be so much fun. Absolutely. absolutely. Maybe you guys can come on for like a specific topic if or there's- something. Because we have yeah. a lot of topics so, lined up. So uh, usually we we have like topic episodes where one of us is talking, and have and then the other one has like segments, uh, and but then we have. If you, you want to get drunk and relax, yeah. join a pop the bottle episode. The pop the bottle episode seems very intriguing to me. I would love to be. Yeah, there. We we'll have, have a party. party. <laughs> uh, usually. Yeah. Thank you guys Thank so you much so for having much. us. Yeah. All right, shout yourselves out, your podcasts, your Instagrams, whatever you'd like. So we are yeah. at Instagram <laughs> at Two Women Two Worlds Pod. And uh, from our Instagram, you can find our personal Instagram. Mine is in my Norwegian name, so I'm not going to try and spell it out. But Jess, you your Instagram is yeah, so I'm at Flexi Jaybird. You can follow me there. And yeah, please follow us on Two Women Two Worlds Pod. And we also have a Gmail account. So you guys, if you have any questions or topic recommendations, if you whatever you want to hear us talk about, just send us an email. Woohoo! Yes. Thank you so, thank you so much. much. All right, thank, thank you. So much. you. Bye. 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 Bye.